0: Welcome to another episode of Let's Just Talk About It. I'm here. I know people were like, you don't say your name. Then you should have listened to my other podcast. I did say my name. Anyway. Brought to you by Sweet Sensations. We do culinary delights. We are trying to do get together some Zooms. So you guys can learn how to cook and I can learn from you guys. Um... We are also doing a whole bunch of different sweet treats, cupcakes for parties, birthdays, whatever you want. Um, Find us on Instagram, at Sensations LLC, S-W-E-E-T-S-I-N-S-A-T-I-O-N-S, LLC. Today, I'm going to talk about something that I probably should have talked about before. It was my anniversary of finding out I had cancer. So, that was fun. (laughs) And for those of you who have never experienced cancer, thank God. For those of you who have, we are still here. And for those that didn't make it, my heart and my prayers go out to your family and your friends. Cancer sucks. Let's start there. (laughs) My journey wasn't a long one but it was a journey and it's one that I wouldn't wish on anybody at the age of how old was I wait if it was January my birthday hadn't come around yet I was uh, yeah so I was in my 30s 33 I think yeah I was 33 when I found out I had cancer and y'all i'm doing a podcast because i like to talk like that is my jam can't nobody take the fact that i like to talk away from me (laughs) except the lord god himself (laughs) because that's exactly what he did he took my voice y'all he took my voice but i understand why i definitely understand why it's because i wasn't using it the way he wanted me to cancer runs in our family as people say it runs in the family but the cycle can be broken the reason it runs in our family the reason why i believe it runs in our family is because we manifest it we run around telling everybody cancer runs in the family and i know some people wouldn't agree because they're like well it's proven it's proven because we put so much energy and time into it that's how manifesting work you put the feelings and the energy and then you put action behind it and then boom you got cancer He gave it to me because, or I got it, or however you want to see it, I had cancer because I wasn't using my voice properly. I was using it to talk about people. I was using it to tear people down. I wasn't using it for what it was intended for, which is to help people. I wasn't using it to affirm my greatness. I wasn't using it to uplift other people. So he took it away for a while, knowing how much I like to do it, which is fine. Because we all have to go through things. It helps build character. I tell people that all the time. You go through things because you're building your you're building character. You're building strength, resilience. You're building your story. You're you're creating your journey. It's not meant to bring you down and keep you down and keep a thumb over you. It only does if you let it beginning of my journey started I wasn't feeling good like not sick but like all of a sudden I couldn't talk like my voice and my throat was hurting like now oh and by the way before I get into the rest of my story first things first I had to I had you know some people listen to the podcast and they give me feedback I love feedback so some people said in my last one in the first one (laughs) Sounded like I was just waking up. That's because I was. I don't really care when I do my podcast. I do my podcast when I feel like I'm up to talking because, well, that's when I feel like talking the most. So, yes, I might sound like a man, and you might say, oh, I don't sound like no man when I wake up. Everybody sounds like a man. Nobody wakes up like, good morning. And I'm not one of those people that waits until, you know, I'm, as you quote unquote, perfect. Before I start talking. This is the authentic me. This is what I sound like. Okay. When I want to talk. I talk. Next thing is. I was told I sounded like I was getting a little hostile. In the the last one. If you felt like that. I'm sorry you felt like that. (laughs) I love you. I don't mean hostility in any kind of way. If I seem a little hostile, it's because I get heated in some moments, and then some moments I just—that's just—it's it's called passion. I call that passion, passion to tell people to kick rocks. <laughs> and I hope that I moved. And another thing is, I hope I moved my mic, my mouth away from the mic, so I'm not all up in the mic. Now, back to my journey. So about. I'd say six months, six to seven months before I found out I had cancer, I was feeling like my throat, I was having like sore throats and stuff, and I just attributed to maybe getting the flu, but... It was weird because it was like a nonstop. And then it started to get worse over time. Like maybe three months before I found out it was getting worse. And then I was like, I started noticing I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't, you know, didn't have the energy that I usually would have. And I am a highly energetic person. So when I realized I didn't have that energy, it was... So me and my husband, we were talking and I told him, I said, something isn't right. Like, first things first, you need to know yourself. Okay. You need to get to know yourself. If you don't know yourself, you need to get to know yourself because otherwise who are going to tell you anything. They're going to tell you what they think you should do. They're going to tell you what possibly it could be. And you're going to listen to it and you're going to end up having a lot of like issues going forward. Be your own advocate. When you go to the doctors, be your own advocate. Don't allow anyone to to tell you what they feel. If you don't feel like you should do something, then open your mouth and say it. Doctors are what I call blanketers. They blanket everybody because they feel that this medicine works for this person. There was a study done, and so it should work for you. I am not any of those people in the study. My body is not there. It's just like their body. They can only get the kind of information that is a general information amount or whatever you want to say. Okay. I was talking to my husband and I told him something isn't right. So, you know, being the amazing husband he is, he starts to inquire, you know, how are you feeling? What's going on with you. We're talking about it. So he's like, you know, maybe you should just make an appointment. You never know just in case. You know, if you feel that strongly, you should just make an appointment. So I go ahead. I make an appointment with my doctor. Who, I pray you hear this because you suck. You suck. Sorry. He knows who it is. Anyway, I go to him. He checks me out. He says, you know, it could be a strep. Or he said it could be like um, indigestion where you have uh, your stomach acid comes up and it's like burning your, your throat at night. I'm sorry. Yes, I yawn. It's okay. Settle down. But he said it could be like indigestion or something and like the stuff bubbling up my throat. Now, again, if you know your body... You know, certain things just—you know—it's not that. So I, I voice that, you know. I explain that, you know. It's—it's it's not. It's not what it is, you know. It's not what I'm feeling. He's like, well, you wouldn't feel it anyway. I'm like, but I would have some kind of form of acid reflux, right? Like something. You would kind of get a feeling like, uh, you know, I got a little energizing a little that. It wasn't any of that. It was just a sore throat, and I it, it started getting to the point where it was messing with the fact that I couldn't even talk. Like my vocal cords weren't even vibrating. And I have a lot of people in my family who have like indigestion, have like uh, the what is that uh, acid reflux and all of that. So I, I know it. I I know the signs and the symptoms, and I knew it wasn't that. And plus, I just had a feeling somewhere deep down. You know that inner voice I was talking about in my last podcast. That inner voice, that that gut feeling that it was it was more to it than just that. So he gives me this medicine and he gives me this stuff. And I go home and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know, he studied medicine. And again, I'm going to have to do a podcast on people who feel like going to college and getting all of these degrees and becoming a doctor and all of that is like, makes you like all knowing all everything. Like you just, you know, you can't make suggestions to a doctor because they look at you like, oh, now you want to be the doctor? Well, nigga... You don't know everything. You went to school to learn from somebody else. Therefore, that lets me know that you don't know everything. Besides the point. He sends me home, I go home, I take the medicine, I do what I'm supposed to do, and nothing gets better. If anything, it felt like it was getting worse. So I make another appointment and I go back. And I tell him like, you know, I've tried everything and he's like, okay, you know, if nothing is helping, he was like, and it does sound like it's getting worse. You know, he's like, you left noise, your, your little, uh, the, the little node thingies aren't swelling or anything, so it was odd. So he sends me, he makes me an appointment for an ENT. I have to drive to this ENT, it's about, what, an hour, 45 minutes or so, an hour away. And I get there, he checks me out, and... Uh, This lady, she's super duper nice and we're talking and well, I'm trying to talk and she's talking (laughs) Cuz you know you get it guys. I know it's probably a bad joke, but yeah, I couldn't talk because all my voice was all retarded And yes, I said retarded and I ain't talking about nobody. I'm talking about my throat. Don't get offended Go learn something read a book She goes down she takes this little scope she puts this little gel stuff on the tip they numb my nose they spray this stuff up your nose Ugh. number one it like slides down the back of your throat and it's like it numbs everything so like your nose starts running you're just like oh god oh god it just leaking everywhere and they stick this thing up my nose and down my throat and they make you um they have you like make noises like ah you know to vibrate your vocal cords so she's like uh, yeah, that is weird. You got something on on your on your vocal cords, and so for me, in my mind, I'm one of all the places in the world. <laughs> my vocal cords—the one thing that I like to use the most often, the most. So she's like, I'm gonna go and get the doctor, and you know, take some more pictures and blah blah blah. So he comes in, he looks at it, and he goes, "Yeah, I see you got some plaque on your um on your vocals, and you have a little um lump on your." right side so I said okay you know what does that mean he said I don't know he's like whatever it is it's causing you he said it could be benign it could just be something that you know I just break off whatever he starts going through the different possibilities and I'm like okay and he does ask about my cancer history and I tell him you know I don't think I know anybody I know my um one of my aunts had uh, I think it was laryngeal or something think so I don't, i'm not sure who's langio but i know it was something dealing with like her throat and then her, her uh, lymph node things. and um he sends me home and i wait till my next appointment now you know most cases if something comes back positive they tend to call you and ask you to call and you know make an appointment instead i just had me in my appointment before i left and He's like, you know, we'll call you, you know, results and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I leave and I'm thinking, you know, I don't get a, a, a phone call back. It's, my appointment is almost like two to three weeks out. I don't get no, no phone calls. I'm like, okay, so this is a good sign. Maybe it's, it's nothing. It's something that, you know, I could take some medicine for, you know, and uh, i am be on my way, you know? So I get to the doctor for my next appointment. And it was January 26th, and I get there for my appointment, and everybody's like, you know, my husband, of course, he's not necessarily on edge, but, you know, anyone who's in love knows that they are, they're automatically worried because they don't know. The, the, knowing, the feeling of, of not knowing is anxiety all in itself. So I'm trying to, you know, reassure him like everything's fine. I didn't get a phone call. They didn't tell me it was positive, there was, you know, cancer, anything like that. So it's fine. He like I raise worry and it's not that serious. Get in there, I sit down with him. And my husband sits in the car with the kids because, well, COVID. So <laughs> he sits in the car and he's waiting, and I go in and I sit down and my, my doctor comes in and he goes, you know. <laughs> you're really young, but your test came back and you have cancer. Now in that moment, most people feel like it's a death sentence. Most people feel that anxious feeling, that that feeling of, oh my goodness, that it's like the worst news I could possibly get. Or like that this is just, for me, I didn't feel that way, and it was very strange because my response to him was, oh, okay, of course I did. I could not feel anything good or bad because I told myself, if the test came back positive, what are you going to do about it? Move forward. If the test came back negative, what are you gonna do about it? Move forward. Like, if it's meant for me to die, I'm gonna die. Cause we all are gonna do it. We can try to do things to help prevent or, you know, last a little longer, if you will. But at the end of the day, knowing that I had cancer, it was just like, and then, like I said, of all places, my throat the one place I want to talk I, I give it the talk to everybody but then it comes back to again just the feeling of kind of like my life was I, I all my karma was just coming back to hit me anyway so it was like cancel was just like you know I didn't say the cherry on top it was like eh, I kind of figured you know you kind of hope that you don't but you kind of kind of had a feeling it was so I didn't, I didn't cry, I didn't like go hysterical, I didn't even, like, honestly, like I said, I just was like, so can we go get something to eat? Like, <laughs> let's hurry up before I can eat or something, like, come on now, like, I was hungry. <laughs> and like, I was sitting there, he's talking to me, he's like, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fantastic. He was like, oh. He was like, well, he was like, well, was like, well the next steps we're going to do is you're going to schedule your surgery. We're going to have to set up, you know, your radiation and, you know, we're um, going to, once we do the surgery, we can figure, we can talk about um, how long we feel like we should, you should have to do radiation. He said, we're going to start out, you know, usually what, what you have is around like maybe five, six weeks, 10 at the most. And I said, okay. And, you know, he's like, you know, I'm sorry. He's like, but you're so young. He's like, you're so young. It, cancer doesn't have age no illness or sickness has an age so to keep saying that I'm so young you know what is young you're as young as you feel you are you could be 70 years old and you're still young you'd be 100 years old and you're still young like what? what is age you know so I leave I come out to the car and in my head, as I'm walking out, I'm going, oh God, now I got a tire right? I got kids. kid, but like, <laughs> they're all going to be like wondering how I'm doing. And like, I really, honestly, I really had no feelings. Like it wasn't good or bad feelings. It was just, I just, I felt like it was a normal day. Like it was just, uh, okay, well, let's just deal with this and move to the next chapter in my life. You know, it's, it's kind of how I felt like it wasn't a big deal. So I called, I, sat, I got in the car and I looked at my husband. And of course he's sitting there like, what did he say? Like, <laughs> he was like the joke on his skin. So I looked and it was like, it was, it came back as cancer. That is the only real moment that I really, really felt something. I felt my husband's heartbreak. I felt my husband's spirit become a little broken. I felt the pain that he felt, even though in that moment I I didn't feel it. You know, I was okay. I kept trying to tell him, like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Like, I don't know if he felt like he thought that it was something deeper, you know, that I was just trying to be strong or whatever, but I wasn't. I literally didn't feel anything. I was okay. But I, at that moment, I felt a lot. I'm just sorry. I, I'm, you, as you get to know me, I'm a crybaby. And I love my husband dearly. More than I can than words can express. So. <sighs> sorry. Sorry I'm not sorry. Because like everyone has emotions and everyone has feelings. In that moment, it was like he just didn't know what to do. He didn't even know what to say. Like, what did he say? You know? And I know he was emotional in the moment, of course. But... And just give me a second y'all I might have to do it in a league that. the look in his eyes just said every emotion he was feeling in that moment and even if I felt like you know it was the end of the world I knew I had to be strong for him he's already my husband goes through a lot he deals with a lot just like everybody else he's such a good guy it was almost like in my mind I was like he doesn't deserve this you know he doesn't deserve to have to take care of someone who has cancer he deserves happiness whatever that might look like as we all do Having your wife have cancer after everything else that we've been through was just like heartbreaking for me. (laughs) But then I knew if he felt like that, how is my family going to feel, you know? So in that moment, I had to step back from, even though I know I was okay, I know there's other people... That care, that might not be okay. So, I have to respect that. He just looked at me with his eyes watering up, cause he didn't know what else to do. Of course, I hug him and tell him that I'm fine. Everything is okay. He knows how I am. (laughs) He's like, when I say I'm fine and I don't, I'm not crying or anything. He knows I'm fine, but just the feelings and the thoughts that were racing through his mind, you know and I explained to him what he said, you know, I had a nodule and, you know this plaque on it and he said they're going to do surgery and all of this stuff so then as I'm sitting, we're sitting there and as he's getting himself together, I do a call for my my family, you know, my, my brothers and, you know, everybody and I give them the news and of course everybody is like are you serious? Like... (laughs) And... I feel like everybody took it harder than I did. I'm not going to say I feel like that. It it did. It was was just like that. You know, you haven't had that sense when you know people care about you, but then all of a sudden you start to feel like people don't. And so... You don't realize how much you mean to somebody. On those moments. You how my family felt about me. I wouldn't trade my family for the world. I'm so blessed. So loved. I'm so cared about, like, my family is amazing, my family is, they're amazing people, like, y'all have our flaws, but they love, they love so much. So, as I tell them, they're ready, you know, we we pray. That's, that's what we do, you know. Our family, we pray. We pray together. And, you know, everybody was praying for me. And I told my husband after we got off the car and I got myself together and everybody got this all together. I said, now, can we go get some food? <laughs> I was like, enough of this. Because it's not a death sentence. So what I got cancer. Ooh. If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. I lived a very good life. I had fun. I had kids. I have a family. I have I have everything I've I've wanted in my life. And you know I couldn't ask for more. Even though I'm still being blessed with more, I couldn't ask for more. Like you know, it was it was happy, satisfied, satisfaction. That's right. I made up a word. Get with the times. And so later, you know, time goes. I, I schedule my surgery, and I go. And of course, my, my doctor, he's pretty awesome. He's, this one is, anyway. My auntie was pretty awesome. He's like laughing and joking with me as I'm on the table. You know, it's, it's always fun to like close your eyes to somebody cracking a joke or you cracking a joke about the lights and not knowing that they're gonna uh, do anything weird to you while you sleep. And that right just laughs it off and you're like, mm, I don't know if that was too much of a joke there. You're laughing a little too hard. <laughs> Yeah, surgery went successful you know my doctor comes in and he's like you're amazing and I'm like still high on drugs like yes yes the world is amazing he's like no you I'm like no you're amazing (laughs) so I get out my husband takes me home and of course he's taking good care of me puts me lays me down and He's like doing everything in his power, making me tease, and I, you know, he's—he's. He's, oh, I am the luckiest woman there is. Takes the kids out so I can sleep off the medicine, and not sound like I'm a cartoon character. And then I have to schedule radiation, so I, we go start scheduling radiation. <laughs> They tell me I have to do, I think it was like five weeks, five or six weeks of radiation. No one, you know, they try to explain to you how radiation works. Right? And they tell you, you know, it's going to be painful. You're going to have peeling and you're going to be tired. You're going to be this. Some of it is true. But I found that. The pain starts, I think it was maybe a week. We can have two weeks is when it started into it, and when I say it's pain, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Okay? Like, it was the most excruciating pain, like, I've had four children naturally, no drugs, Vagina natural, like I, having radiation on your throat does not compare to any other pain I've had in my life. Like any pain that comes now, now that I'm I'm in remission, any pain that comes now, it's like butter. It's like, oh, I'm hurting, but it is not like, I just go back to it's not as bad as when I had radiation on me, like, ugh. I'm like, the pain had gotten so bad. They had given me all these different meds. I tried all these different meds. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. They gave me all these anti-nausea medicines. I'm still throwing up. Of course, if your throat hurts and you're throwing up, come on now, guys. Come on. Let's, let's, Let's get real here. It's literally just scorching where the pain is already to the point where I can't even talk. I couldn't speak words. My vocal cords were not moving. I had to learn sign language. Literally, I had to learn sign language. That was my mode of communication with my family and friends. People could not call me unless you video chatted me because I couldn't talk. And there were some ignorant people who were like, he knew when to call it anyway. It's like, joke's on you, I didn't answer the phone, dummies. But throughout this process, there was only one drug that helped me. And it was the one drug that was not prescribed to me. And for what reason, I do not know. And that was weed. I had to do some edibles. I had to smoke a lot of weed. I had to... It, the pain was so severe. And then when I didn't smoke weed, there was one time that I had ran out and I had to deal with it for, uh, it was like two or three days straight. And those, if you talk to my husband, he felt so helpless in that moment. I just laid in the floor. Yes, I have children. Get over it. And they're, they're playing. And yes, he's screaming, and it's because, well, he does that from time to time. That's just so, shut your face, mind your business. Anyway, it was, he just looked helpless. He didn't know what he could do, and all he could do was rub my back. I curled up in the balls on the floor, that's all I could do, and I cried for nights at a time. There was it was nothing I could do. There was nothing that was helping me. I had tried all the medicines. The medicines were making me sick. And I was like, at this point, they, they gave me something to try to help numb my throat so that I could even eat. But it didn't help. It just made me sick. And I just ended up throwing up everything and it made it worse. So my husband, being the husband he is, he, you know, trying to help me out, found out, found what I needed. And uh, he just didn't like me feeling that way. Like that was I think my lowest moment and it it the depression in that in that moment was real. Because I was like at that point I was like, why? Why? Just why? It was an insurmountable amount of pain that no one should ever have to to experience especially someone who's only 33 years old i'm young as they say and i couldn't even take it like imagine I, i just cannot imagine the people who have to go through radiation and chemo my heart was crying for them my aunt is going through that my heart is crying for her He goes, of course, finds what I need and because I even called my doctor and told him, like, look I just, I don't know, I need something, I need something and they're trying to prescribe me all this stuff and then after my husband gets me my, my, my personal meds I go back and they're looking at me like you don't even look like you was as sick as you were the other day. Like, what what in the world did you do different? They said I just told them that I had to do what I had to do. Like, I just told him I felt better but it was because I was smoking weed and it it helped a lot like it helped it that's all I did take like all the medicine they gave me I tried to keep taking it the only thing I took was the uh, extra strong ibuprofen that helped and even in that they wasn't giving it to me that often they told me you know they gave it to me when, they, when I needed it. But it wasn't like something I could just keep taking over and over. I had to wait. You know, you can't just <laughs> drink the whole bottle. You know what I mean? Like, although that's how I felt. Like I wanted to do. But, yeah, it was something that I know most people are like, oh my God, that's frowned upon. It's only frowned upon because somebody put it in your head it was frowned upon. But it helped me. And you know what? I didn't feel like everybody else not until like the very like last two to three days is when I started noticing a discoloration around my throat and even in that it was so minimal that even the doctors and nurses are trying to figure out what in the world did you do it's because weed helps replace a lot of the stuff that you lose helps with your immune system it helps you eat it helps you do everything you need to do People don't give it enough credit. They say it it kills your brain cells. If that's the case, then how do you explain people who just are going through Alzheimer's and never picked up weed a day in their lives? Weed had nothing to do in it. Sometimes you just lose information that's not it, that you don't deem important. I had like... Oh, that's what it was. I was like, what was it? I had a trend. I was gonna say, throughout the process they give you this stuff and at the beginning when I went met with my um my oncologist, he told me about this uh strata SRT, I think is what it's called. And he's like, you know, we're gonna get it ordered and da 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 da. Now I was getting ready to start my radiation and I had not heard back from the company. That I, you know, they said they put the order in. They even confirmed and showed me, you know, everything the order was in. And I just, all I'm waiting for is a phone call from the from the company. Do y'all know I never got a phone call from the company? Not once to this very day. To this very day, I still have not gotten a phone call from that company about getting the stuff for my radiation. I went to the to my oncologist one day, and I was sitting in the room, and I was like, man, I really would like to have that stuff before I start radiation, because at least I could put it on, you know, to protect my skin before, so it, it doesn't peel. Let me tell you, when you say what you want, and you put it out there, your prayers will be answered. As long as you trust and believe and know that God has you or your spirits have you or your ancestors looking over you. Because all I said was, I looked at my husband and said, I hope that I can get this stuff before my radiation begins, officially begins. And he's like, man, me too. Now that's double put it out into the universe. So as we're sitting there, we're just talking about random stuff, like making jokes and you know playing with the, the doctor stuff in the office. Because that's what we do. Who doesn't do that? If you don't do that when you're in there and you're not playing with the little tools and stuff hanging on the wall, what is wrong with you? Like, something's wrong. This stuff's fun. And we're sitting there playing with the things, geeking around. And uh, one of the nurses comes in and she's like filling in for someone else. And she looks at me and she's like, we're talking. And I said, you know, I I haven't heard anything about the the stuff that I I need to put on my neck. You know, and she's like, oh, she was like, this stuff's been ordered. You know, I don't understand. You should have gotten a call. So she goes out the room. She comes back in and she goes, I went in and I found a extra tube and I'm just going to give it to you. She was like, we're not supposed to do that, but I'm just going to give it to you because, well, I don't know. You're going to need it, and I know it's going to help. And in that moment, I was just like, thank you. Like, you guys are really looking out for me. Like, not to the doctor, obviously. Yeah, I told her thank you, and they were looking out. But I was talking to whoever is watching over me. You understand how I feel. You understand that I need it, and you un- you heard me, you heard me. And in that moment, I was like, "Mom, my prayers is no longer just hitting the ceiling; they reach into the higher heights." Sorry, I gotta make a little noise real quick. My bad. But I'm just like, "Wow, okay." So I knew. Even in that moment that I was going through this because I needed to, I had to, I had to. And when you accept that you have to do something because it's going to make you a bigger, a better, a stronger person, it makes it all so much easier to deal with. There was some things that I do need to say that, you know, I was hurt. Because in the moment, I felt like I should have been someone's top priority. And going through that treatment, I didn't feel like that. For those of you who are wondering, it is not my husband. My husband was there. And it was my mom. I'm just going to put it out there. it's my mom. I love my mom. But I didn't understand my mom. I do now. I understand why my mom does the stuff that she does. And I am here to publicly apologize to my mom for if I ever made her feel that she never did enough for me. My aunt has cancer or she's been battling it. And my mom she does a lot for my aunt. But she does a lot for my aunt. Because her kids don't do a lot for her. Not to say that they don't do anything. They don't do as much as my mom did for her. My mom is underappreciated in so many aspects of her life. By so many people in her life, she is underappreciated. And my mom is one of the greatest women that I know. And because I was so blind and selfish, I wanted my mom to myself. You know, her daughter has cancer. she should be here for it. My mom knows that I'm a strong woman. My mom knew she needed to be somewhere else in that moment. She knew I was gonna be okay. She knew I had married the the, the strongest, like one of the best men in the world. <laughs> And yet, I had so many ill feelings because my mom wasn't here. You'd be there for everybody else, but you're not here for me. That's because she was needed more somewhere else. Sometimes, we get so caught up and hung up on the fact of what we want or what we feel we should have and and do. And we forget that there's other people who might need someone else's time more. And they did my mom does the things that she does because in the moment she makes the best judgments that she can and she gets penalized for making her best judgments and she shouldn't because it's her life she can do what she wants with it just because you want something doesn't mean that you should have it You should anybody should just do what you say or, or you, your expectations of them if they don't reach it then you should be upset I was so sour, I was so hurt, I was so broken, cause so I was like my mom didn't even come fit, she just, ugh. But she was there when I needed her, when I was going through depression, she was there, she came, she showed up for me, <laughs> and you don't give your parents enough credit for the things that they do do. You give them credit for the things that they don't do. My mom knew I was taken care of. And she did try, she was trying. And I didn't even give her, you know, she misunderstood something and I should've understood that and I didn't. Because I couldn't see beyond it. Growing over the years and learning so much, becoming more wiser I've learned that my mom is one person and she can only do so much I'm a grown tough woman and I shouldn't expect anybody to do anything because at the end of the day someone might need her more So, Ma, I love you. Thank you for being there for me when I needed you the most. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for everything that you've taught me. I would not be the person I am today without you, without God guiding you and and showing you the things that he's shown you. Thank you. I love you, and I'm sorry that I made you feel I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. And I hope that you can forgive me for it. We don't appreciate our parents enough. We really don't. We really don't. We think, you know, because they say one thing we don't like, That they're just this this evil person. Our parents only want what's best for us. It's okay for parents to speak their mind. Why? Because they're they're adults just like you. Just like you feel like you can speak your mind. They can speak their mind. We did not ever give them enough credit for the stuff that they have already done in our lives. Again, everything you go through has a learning experience and if you learn from that experience, it will never happen again because you learn from it. The reason we go through the same stuff is because you don't learn, you're not learning from it. So it keeps happening and happening. When you learn, you learn the the signs, You, you learn to change. You learn to recognize the signs, the thoughts, the feelings. But when you don't, it gives room for it to keep repeating itself until you do. When you learn something, you learn in repetition. Life is full of repetition because we don't learn. And I learned. I did. I learned. And... You also learn who's in your corner. You learn who's not in your corner. You learn who's just words, and you learn who's full of actions. This is something that when I talk about it, most people are like, when I tell them like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> back when I had cancer, and they look at me like, "Yeah, oh, you had cancer? Oh, my God. Oh. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, but I'm standing here and I'm fine, so I don't understand why you're making a big deal out of me having cancer. I'm a-okay. I appreciate all the concern, but I'm fine. Sorry, I'm gonna pull my nose. So, interlude. Okay, I'm back. I don't even know. I say interlude, but I don't think. I think when you pause it and then you start it back up, <laughs> it, it it doesn't count as an interlude because it's not too two segments. I don't know. Whatever. Still learning this thing. Anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. I just had to blow my nose. Well, why do I keep saying I'm sorry? I'm not really sorry because it's a bodily function. I just didn't want to do it in your ear because it was pretty gross. Anyway, you have to understand that you go through things for a reason. It's not just oh, the world hate me, God hates me. No, you're going through this because you either done something and karma is coming back to bite you or that right now you're getting taught a lesson because, well, you have to be able to, to teach or talk to other people. You can relate to other people. You can help someone who may be coming in your life soon and you can help them through whatever they're going through. So I've learned to take any kind of lesson that Hurts or is hard and I turn it into a lesson. I turn it into something that I can use later that is going to help me be stronger than I am now. <sighs> love, I'm telling you, love trumps everything, I'm telling you. I'm telling you it is it is a powerful that's the only powerful drug you really need besides weed but of course a lot of people don't agree with that because again somebody said and somebody said don't even realize they are following after the sheep because somebody said and then they go well, that's just how I feel I know it because that's how I feel it's like that's how you feel because that's how it's in your mind that you're supposed to feel like that Because someone told you you were supposed to feel like that. Or somebody told you that that's what happens. What if you took that part out. And you actually started thinking for yourself. Just saying. I'm going to do a whole segment on weed one day. But I feel like. Because it is an anniversary. I feel like I should. Put something out there. That commemorates the fact that. That was a lesson learned. That is a lesson. That. Even though it was easier for me, I have to understand and, and know that I am still loved. Because and in in before, I didn't really feel like I was loved. I didn't feel like, you know, I knew my husband loved me. You know, you got the, but you, you kind of feel like it's like a hollow love. Like, oh, you're supposed to. But no no one's supposed to love anybody. No one has to do that. That is a choice. And the fact that these people choose to love me regardless of the stuff that I've done, regardless of the stuff that I've said to them, it speaks insurmountable volumes of those people. And I love each and every one of my family members. I do. I've tried to apologize to some. I don't know if they've forgiven me or if they will ever forgive me. But all I can do is control my actions. And I apologize to any of them. Any and all of them. If I've ever done or said anything. Anything. And that goes to my my two cousins. And you know who you are. I've asked for forgiveness before. But I didn't really truly fully understand. Why I was asking for forgiveness. And now I understand why I am. And so it's with. This that I say, I, I'm sorry for everything that I've done. You guys were so good to me. You guys tried to help me see that there was more to life than what I was living, and I just I I took your trust, I squandered it. I took, I talked about you. I I, I know I hurt you. I know I did, and for that, I am sorry and I love you guys and there's nothing I can do to go back and change it but keep moving forward and with that I'm going to sign off with love compassion because you all are great you all are miraculous you all can create your future And if you dig, 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 we all have that unconditional love. It's there. We just have to reach deep down and pull it out. Show love. Be kind. Don't forget to rewind. (laughs) Alright, for real. Seriously. Love yourselves. Because you are worthy of it. Love other people. Regardless of what anything is going on. Just love. Because at the end of the day, you will be loved. You are loved. This is me dropping that mic, signing out.